You're listening to Voices, Leadership, and Legacy, a podcast for bold and brave, heart-centered leaders, lovers, and creatives who want to lean into their growth, their leadership, creative expression, and build a joyful legacy. For those who yearn for truth, for connection to self and others, for meaningful self-expression, and to be the leaders of their own lives. I'm your host, Whitney Keir, an intuitive executive coach, singer and recording artist, and creator of this movement, dedicated to emboldening others to ditch burnout and self-doubt, create sustainable ways of leading with emotional intelligence, healthy ambition, joyful drive, and to cultivate a rich and fulfilling quality of life. Enjoy episodes discussing leadership, relationship, unlocking your voice, trauma healing, embracing sensitivity and creativity, and approaching life with openness and beauty. Thank you so much for being here. Now, let's get to the show. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today. Our guest today is someone that I first had the experience of witnessing her tremendous skill in coaching and leadership and facilitation two and a half years ago, and she's become a friend and an ally on this path. And I'm so, so, so excited to have her here. She's such a force for good. And I really hope you enjoy this interview. Carmina Becerra, so excited to have you here. Founder and facilitator, Carmina is a TV host, a speaker, and a coach hailing from Mexico. She moved to Hollywood and got her break on Latin television as a TV host on Telemundo, Univision, and Fox Sports in Espanol. Her interviewees include David Beckham, Coldplay, and Sofia Vergara. Free Your Voice is the result of Carmina's lifelong goal to see a world where people are freely expressed, accessing their ultimate truth, and voicing it as loudly as possible. Carmina's intentions are to create a world where media is mindful and empowering. She is driven to amplify the voices of other purpose-driven leaders and industries across the board and planet. Carmina and her talented team utilize their expertise in somatic and experiential coaching with the necessary tools to create confidence in front of any camera or audience. Free Your Voice offers students the opportunity to transform themselves from the inside out. With experience in TV and media came the sobering realization Most people, no matter their background, age, or status, struggle with some degree of anxiety and perfectionism when it's time to hit the record button. Working with self-development leaders and human behavior experts, Free Your Voice is a sustainable solution for more change makers to find peace and freedom to be themselves on and off camera. Hello, Carmina. I am so excited to welcome you to the podcast today. So happy you're here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my goodness, I was like, I was, you were the first, when I was dreaming up this show and everything, you were literally like one of the first people I was like, oh my gosh, Carmina is literally an embodiment of this podcast, like in every way. Um, so thank you so much for saying yes and for being here and being willing to discuss all things voices, leadership, and legacy. Uh, yes, it is my honor to be here and to see you do your thing. Yes, yes, yes. Or hear you do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you and I first connected 
right when the pandemic hit, essentially, I think it was early 2020 and um, lockdown had just begun and you were, you know, launching a round of Free Your Voice mm -hmm. and it was perfect timing. I had just moved to a new home. I didn't know anybody where I was. And so I was just in this kind of creative hibernation space. And it was just such a delight to go through that program together. And that's kind of been your signature work for a while now, hasn't it? Yes, it was such a blessing to have you. And also, during the pandemic in the beginning, as you know, all of us went through that, I'm sure I was like, what the heck am I going to do? All my trainings are in person, uh, you know, everything was in person. So I had to shift quickly. And I, I will never forget my friend, Amy Merrill, who worked with me, she's an incredible uh, designer, web designer. And she was like, why don't we just offer she's part of she was part of the team. And she was like, why don't we just offer something that will support people? with their online presence, like a little, you know, one hour workshop for free or for $25 or something like that. I think we tried it for free and then $25. And so many people were signing up. And it was just overwhelming for me because at that point, I was pretty depressed, I think, like most of the world. And, uh, and then so many people obviously needed my help because just like me, everyone needed to shift from in person to video. So I had to like put on my big girl panties and like, you know, put my my sadness aside and process through supporting people because everyone and their mom <laughs> needed my support with feeling comfortable on video. So I feel really blessed because the pandemic was basically designed for what I was doing. And I you know, I live for helping people. And so I, I was just so excited that so many people were coming to me for support. And so I'm really happy that you got to experience it because it's, it is very liberating this work. It's so true. And I, I hadn't quite thought about that, that people were literally all of a sudden having, you know, having to be on camera when they weren't used to it at all. And it wouldn't have been their choice. So before I imagine, like we got connected actually through Kristen Leon, who had taken your in-person workshop, I believe. Yes, I love her so much. I know, I know, I love her too. Um, Kristen, we love you. We love you, and girl. So you had Kristen and I went to the Amazon jungle in Ecuador like over a decade ago. We journeyed deep, so we're kind of sisters for wow. life. Um, but you had people who were actively seeking out your work and then you had, you know, naturally due to the pandemic, there were people who were kind of thrust into this position and needing support. So it's, um, it's so true. And you hold such a safe and sacred space. Um, it's just so, so easy to lean in, you know, to our fears. That's what I found in my experience. Um, and it's it's so important. I mean, there's so much said around unlocking the voice and freeing the voice, and yet so much comes up in the process of doing that um, that we often don't have the the tools for, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're amazing. You guys are in for a treat today. Carmina is just such a pro. Um, you're just the embodiment of inner strength and grace and power you're so fierce <laughs> in such a grounded beautiful loving compassionate encouraging way and what i really see in you is kind of this this willingness you know you 
you go deep, which I really appreciate about you. You peel back the curtain um, in such a loving but f firm way. You really hold people in a strong container. And you're so willing yourself to keep growing and transforming, which I think is so important. It allows oh. you to guide people in the work you do. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, share with us a little bit. You know, I know today we're going to be talking about unlocking the voice and how to really create a legacy and heart-centered leadership. Um, why don't you fill us in and, you know, well, let's all sit down with a cup of tea and listen to your story a little bit of how you've arrived at where you are now and what have some of those pivotal moments been, large or small? Mm, beautiful. Thank you. So I'm going to take a sip of my cup of tea. Yes, please. <clears throat> I have my hot lemon water. <laughs> so, gosh, okay, so I was in television for about 16 years at a very young age, I'm still young, but I'm now in my mature, but very tapped into my inner child, 42 years old, <laughs> and um, I started hosting TV and being a, a journalist and reporter when I was 16 in Mexico and then in Los Angeles. And so when I was interviewing people, most of the time it would be celebrities or uh, famous athletes because I did some sports journalism as well. Uh, but other times they would send me on an assignment just on the street. And we call them the technical term for that are MOSs, man on the street. And so they'll send you out with a random question and you're supposed to stop strangers on the street and ask them these questions and then miraculously turn in uh, amazing interviews, right? And so that was such a challenge for me because as you know, and as all of you that are listening know, the camera sometimes brings up a lot of insecurities for people. And so it was quite the challenge to just walk out there, put a camera, and back then, you know, I just told you all, I'm 42, it was a huge camera, like humongous camera that my cameraman had to carry. And so putting this massive camera in front of people and this massive mic would put them like a, a deer in headlights, you know? And so selfishly, just so that I can look good for the network and so that I wouldn't lose my job, I started experimenting with my energy. Again, I was 16 years old, so I didn't, I wasn't conscious that I was doing it. It was more of a survival mechanism so that I wouldn't get fired and I would turn in good interviews. So while I was, now I'm aware of what I was doing, obviously. So when I would interview them, I would play with my energy and send them calming, relaxing, confident energy out of my body and into theirs. Sometimes I would look at it like colors. Sometimes I would just be like, okay, I'm sending energy, sending energy, sending energy. I wouldn't see the energy, but I was, just, I would just like repeat that in my head. And then at the end of the interview, they would be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I felt like I was going to faint or throw up or, or just fall on the ground. And you made me feel so comfortable. So I kept getting this feedback over and over and over. I didn't know that years, years, years later, I would end up doing this as a career. And I would be one of the best. So 
that's essentially how it started, right? That was the first kind of like touch point to how I'm able to support people now. Fast forward to after the 16 years that I was in TV, uh, I did, I participated in a transformational training as a student in Los Angeles called Mastery and Transformational Training, MITT. Maybe you've heard of it. And it is cathartic. It is confrontational. You cannot hide. All of your gunk comes out in those trainings. You're able to see all your behavioral patterns, all your insecurities, all your fears, why you make the choices you make, uh, all of it, right? What you're causing in the world, what you're generating in the world with your energy, etc. When I saw the training, the trainer come in and create such a transmutation in human beings, I was like, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And so all of it kind of got encapsulated in that moment because I was like, okay, now I understand my 16 years in television having emceed like at at the Coliseum in front of thousands of people and and developing these skills that that really supported me but once I was done with television I was like why what was all this for and it was to be able to support people so now because I've had the experience of being able to be on camera, like on the spot, not necessarily needing to prepare or not necessarily seeing a huge difference between the me that is in front of a camera and the me that is in my daily, in my daily life, which is what I coach, right? Like it's important for people to to feel like once there's a camera in front of them, there is no difference than the authentic, incredible, marvelous person that they are off the camera, right? Because that's what authenticity truly is. And so that's when I started developing myself as a trainer, as a transformational trainer, and then as a somatic coach, an ontological coach. And what that means is I work at a body level, like sensations in the body. And ontological means that I focus on being, the ways of being. And so all of that together supported me in in birthing what was first camera ready and what is now free your voice. And this work really, really supports me so much because I remember the days that I did have to go on a massive stage where I felt unworthy, insecure, not good enough, all the things I could list a million things right now. And there was no one next to me to just be like, just take three breaths right before I was going to go on stage. And I felt like I was going to pass out as well. It's a horrible feeling because you hear a stadium screaming, not for me, for someone else, but nonetheless, I needed to get up there and introduce this other person this artist or whatever. And so I just wished so much that in my television career or in my life in general as an insecure young person, that somebody was there to tell me, you know what, take three breaths and you got this. That would teach me or coach me how to regulate my nervous system. That would empower me to share my voice and that my voice mattered and that 
you know, that voice is medicine and that we're, we're, I'm supposed to spread my medicine as much as I possibly can to this world. And so that empowers me to keep speaking up, to keep taking on interviews like this one. And so, so that's kind of like the top layer. I'm going to give you a deeper layer because like you said, I do go deep, uh, go big or go home or go deep or go home. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Beautiful. So yeah, the deeper cut of that is that I think I shared this with you, but uh, when I was 16, I attempted suicide and I felt like no one could really understand me. I felt alone. I felt like the world was caving in on me. And more than anything, I felt like I did not belong in this world that co- that I felt a lot of pain for. Like I was, su- I am such an empath. I didn't know what being an empath meant when I was a teenager, and so I just I felt so much for this world that I was like, this can't possibly be the place we're going to live in for the rest of our lives. And so when I was in this dark night of my soul. I would just want to be in my room. I call it my dark cave. I just wanted to be in my cave and I didn't want anyone to bother me because of course no one understood me. And we didn't have smartphones back then. We didn't have computers in our rooms back then. So I, if I had a phone in my hand, if I had the inspirational videos that all my graduates are now having the courage and tools to launch and the podcasts like yours that that are now being launched after you do my trainings or you do my programs and i think about all the people that are in their cave in their dark night of the soul as the suicide rate goes up in the u.s like crazy every year then um, my commitment and my intention is that all of those people in that are, you know, in their room or all alone are bombarded by the content that is now being pumped out by all of our graduates, all of my graduates. Now it's like over 600 people. And so I am so grateful that now these people that are maybe contemplating suicide do have a smartphone and that when they turn it on, it's more positive content or empowering content than anything else because all the people that were sitting on their brilliant ideas are now having the tools and confidence to get them out there and that these people choose life. Like that is my, that's my, the fire under my butt that keeps me going every day when I'm like, gosh, I just want a, you know, one month vacation, but no, I've got to, I've got to help people. That's the fire that keeps me going. Yeah. That's your deep why. Yeah. Because you've, you've walked yourself through it. You've led yourself through that fire and that fear. And you've seen other people be able to, you know, do that as well. Exactly. That's what I so I love so much of what you're sharing is that it's not that fear is never there. Like you walked alongside fear this whole entire time, you know, like even though you wish you had someone to support you and now that's the work you're doing. Like, I think so much of us think that if it's too scary, you know, we, we can't do it. And it's really more so a matter of 
encouraging ourselves that we can do hard things and we can do them well. And yes, we need support, the right support. Yes, 100%. When I hear people say, just be fearless. I'm like, oh, it like hurts my stomach because I'm like, yeah. no, it's not about being fearless. If we keep teaching to to like try to coach or teach to get rid of fear somehow, it's it's bullshit, right? Like we're going to continue to feel fear. And so that's what paralyzes people that they think that they shouldn't take action until the fear is gone. My friends, the fear is never going to be gone. We need to make friends with our fear. The fear is our friend. <laughs> yes, doing Absolutely. it with the fear. It's something to lean into and get to know intimately. And then to say, okay, you're not going to run the show and I see you. And I understand you're trying to protect me and keep me safe. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, you're such an inspiration. And thank you so much for, you know, pulling back the curtain and sharing multiple layers and I think what's so beautiful too is that something that has led you since you were 16 when you said I have no idea why I'm doing this but I am just gonna like transmit calming energy to these people is you're letting you let your intuition lead you to some degree and that's so much what heart-centered leadership is is allowing ourselves to be intuition led and so you were seeding that work early on without even consciously knowing it it sounds like you just naturally had that in you Totally, totally. I've always wanted people, whether I was conscious or not, I've always wanted people to know deep in their core that they have everything to succeed inside of them. They don't like we make up so much shit about ourselves, right? Like we make up I must not be a good public speaker. I must not be good on camera because I feel this fear and my palms get sweaty. And Joe Schmoe's palms must not get sweaty because he sounds so good on camera. So we make up all this shit and it's not true. Mm -hmm. Joe, Schmo, Joe Schmo's hands get sweaty too, but he's doing it yeah. with the sweaty hands. And so I, yeah, I've always wanted people to know that like this intuition that you're talking about, it's, it's guiding every word. There is a divine intelligence inside our body. That, that's why I'm so obsessed with the wisdom in our body. There is a deep wisdom in our body that our mind hasn't even began to comprehend. And our body would, will guide us. Our words will guide us. Will we say words sometimes that we didn't mean or didn't want to say or we wish that we can pull back? Yes, absolutely. But then we responsibly take take you know, the, the ownership that we need to. And we say, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And I understand that it hurt you. But at the end of the day, I spoke my truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And which what you just said, actually, that requires some, some training, some learning. It's not something that's default in our culture to know how to do. It requires an active participation in our healing, in our growth, in our relationships. And so I want to move into that in just a moment. And the other thing I want to say is that I said in my first episode, I had to take public speaking three times in college. The first time I took it, I literally froze in the front of the classroom and I had to sit down because I, there were no words that came to me, like none. And on camera once too, like with, with community, with friends, people who I was, you know, close to, I froze. And so if I would have stopped then, 
Like I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm so passionate about right now, such as like speaking with you and hearing your story and how you've impacted so many people. And so it's like, we can even, some people think, oh, I'm, I'm even too scared for that. And it's like, here I am someone who had to take it three times, literally a course in college. And it was so worth it. I'm so happy you did because you were born for this. Your voice is so soothing and it makes me lean in and I want to hear more. And the way you speak is so eloquent and, and sometimes even a bit poetic. And I enjoy hearing you speak like you sometimes don't post things on, on Instagram for a little bit. And then I'm like, once you start posting again, I'm like, Oh, there it is. There's the refreshing lemonade again. You know, that's, that's oh my God. what your content and your voice is like to me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that so much. Um, you're amazing. So yeah, let's, let's move a little bit into the power of unlocking the voice because it is, like you said, it's such a somatic experience and it's, it's a phrase, right? But like actually what that means, it, there's so much within that. And there's, I think there can be illusions around what that means. Like it doesn't mean that you have to have a big loud voice or, you know, it, there can be a quiet self knowing even once you've kind of come into your own voice. It's like, I see our voice as an instrument something that we can tune. I even like think of whales in the ocean and like they're their echolocation, you can hear their sound reverberating for miles. And so I think that in that same way, we have the capacity to be a source of wellness and health for ourselves by the quality of our voice, the connection to our voice, the way we use it, um, all that fun stuff. So, and simultaneously, there's so many societal scripts for how to behave, you know, people pleasing, uh, self-sacrifice, self-abandonment, things that really um, can get in the way of us tapping into our authentic voice, all this unconscious programming. So oh, much. A lot of, different top, a lot of top topics right there. It's clearly something I'm passionate about. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, be, be kind or, you know, do the helpful, do the right thing. But yet it's actually like, you know, self-abandonment at its core. So we have to kind of renegotiate our relationship with, like you said, that sense of authenticity and then learn how to be kind to ourselves while being kind to others, right? It's, it's this huge, it's really a huge process, I think, that happens over years. Um, so For that sure. being said, jump in where you want and, and, and like, let's, let's share what really constitutes this idea of unlocking the voice and what can stand in the way of that? Oof, so much stands in the way of that. And I think I'll start with that. Uh, like you said, there, it starts at a very young age. I have a three-year-old nephew and I hear my parents all the time tell him no don't cry you don't need to cry for that you don't need to scream for that you don't need to and this child is just expressing himself right and so what's being instilled in him obviously i'm trying to correct that but <laughs> i'm only the auntie <laughs> the <laughs> the grandparents and the parents lead the way and so uh 
this this child is now being programmed to not express his feelings and then it gets stored in our body so it starts so young right and then we i grew up catholic so then we i'm no longer catholic but growing up catholic then there's the programming of the virgin marys right anything that has to do with women is quiet and subtle and gentle in order to be a woman no one teaches us growing up or mostly no one i'm sure there are some some radical parents out there that were badasses and taught their kids how to be fierce but in my case my mom was just teaching me what she learned right and my parents and so what that was is that women can't curse women should not speak up in mexico when i was growing up it was like women go you know if you're playing outside and you're like 10 or 11 or whatever you when the girls get home at i don't know seven and the kids can stay out until 10. and so that started infuriating me and i started becoming very rebellious and I wanted to be out with the men and speak up and I would curse like a sailor and I would burp really loud. Sounds really disgusting, but hey, I was going against the grain. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. So uh, I was like, no, no one's going to shut me up. I started modeling. And then in modeling, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not for me because I have so much to say. Why are these beautiful women being shut up, right? or are being silenced and because it's just like just stand there look pretty look soft look like you won't hurt a fly and that is what being a woman is and it, it it's bullshit so freeing the voice by all means do not free your voice like i did when i was a teenager <laughs> do not rebel as much as i did but now there are so many tools and it's very very important and the most important thing is that it's something that we are not aware of until we feel the freedom of the unlocking of the voice. In essence, we have nothing to compare it to until we taste that freedom on the other side of of the suppression of the voice. And it's so true. Gosh, oh my gosh, a suppressed voice is a suppressed immune system. A suppressed voice is a suppressed and sick body and that's just how i'm gonna lay it out it's that simple if you suppress your voice then your body is carrying things it shouldn't carry that cause disease so what this means is that if you need to have an uncomfortable conversation or speak up in a room and this makes you uncomfortable then there's something that wants to come out of your body and this is going to sound disgusting but imagine every time you needed to poop you stuffed it back in and you stuffed it back in what would happen with all that poop it would just be living in your body it would then start spilling onto other areas of your body and it would all be essentially a shit show. <laughs> so yeah. there's actually a term for that. It's called auto intoxication where you start to 
toxify your own system, your own toxins circulate back in your body and create disease. So it's actually perfect you said that because it's it's literally like a it's a toxic feedback loop and we, wow. we internalize that imbalance. Mhm. Mm wow, 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 wow. Okay, well there you go. Exactly that. And so how do we start freeing our voice in a really small way? You can start by having these thoughts, right? Like we have thoughts for maybe our parents or our partners that we're not very proud of that brings us shame or guilt maybe we're with a partner that we love so much but sometimes we're just like i hate this fucker and writing that down just brings the truth out of you right it, you don't need to give it to them you don't need to show it to them it's just you getting it out and there is nothing wrong with you falling in and out of love with a partner while you're in the relationship it's the nature of relationship right and so writing these things down it doesn't have to be as serious as a diary or any of that just simply having your little notebook with you all the time and whenever you feel anything that you wish you could say but you don't have the courage to you write it down that's the beginning, right? We're getting it out of our body. Eventually, your body's going to get used to getting it out little by little. And so then you'll be able to speak it up, right? To bring it up, to bring it up and out. And what's really important is that you know when you're starting to speak these things out loud to bring them up and out that you only speak when your nervous system is regulated so what this means is if you and i whitney are in a relationship a romantic relationship and we're having a scuffle because i didn't wash the dishes in that moment we're both fired up we're in fight or flight we are in survival we are like all right someone's gonna lose here and someone's gonna win and i don't give a fuck about anything else except winning right that's what happens when we are in it when we're in the blender when we're in it and at that moment is not the best time to be like look I need you to understand that I'm busy right now and I can't do the dishes, but I will do them in 30 minutes because you're, you're also explosive. I'm explosive. So in that moment, the best thing to do is I don't want to say anything that's going to be hurtful. So I'm going to go on a little walk or move my body in some way, maybe put on a song and sway or just go on a walk, right? The walk, when you go on a walk, you're as you're shifting your foot from right to left, you're shifting your brain as well. So this allows for our nervous system to calm down. If you can't go on a walk, then you just simply grab a water bottle and you pass it from your right hand to your left hand, right hand to left hand for about 15 minutes. And then you'll feel your nervous system regulate. And then you can actually have a conversation and this is what starts freeing your voice having this frame right knowing okay when you when i come back to you i can say with these words now i understand that i can take responsibility 
for not washing the dishes when you wanted me to wash the dishes. And I understand how that can be hurtful for you because you're always taking care of the household and I need to contribute more. So you can what you can count on from me is to, moving forward, contribute and be able to anticipate your needs. And my request of you is that you ask me before you explode so that I can actually absorb this and do it and not have it go into an argument. So what I take responsibility for, what you can count on for me moving forward, and my request of you is, and then the other person does the same. And so the thing about freedom is that we are all about it, uh, but there has to be a security fence around it, which is which are these these ways of speaking, right? Nonviolent communication, and so these these this gate around it, this framing around it, allows us to be free within the gates. Does that make sense? So as human beings, we're, we're like yeah, give me all the freedom in the world, but where's the gate so that I can look at it and know where I can like put my hand when I'm feeling, uh, you know, afraid. So, so that's what these, these, uh, this framing or this system gives you this, like what exactly what to say so that I know that I'm holding myself accountable and that my message is being delivered to the other person and absorbed. So I kind of went all over the place, but that's essentially how we can start with baby steps to free our voice. Oh, it's so true. And to have some sort of a template, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of it's to feel safe, something to lean into, something to reference when we are feeling out of control or we are feeling triggered. Um, and really essentially what we're doing by using a formula in that sense is we're choosing connection over being right. And I think, you know, if we can say, oh, do I want to be connected or do I want to be right? You know, and oftentimes we want to be connected. Our, our ego wants to be right, but ultimately we want to be connected. And so I think reminding ourselves of that as guiding truth um, can also help soften us in moments of conflict. Absolutely. And And the, the thing about nonviolent communication and like waiting until your nervous system is, has calmed down a little bit to speak is, is something that I'm, I, I grapple with. I go back and forth with because I just stream of consciousness here. I just want to bring this up and see what you think about it. But like, I know that most of you listening and including myself and probably you, Whitney, have had experiences where your nervous system was completely in fight or flight and you're in survival and you're kind of like in flow state almost because you're either really angry or really sad or really traumatized or going through grief or whatever it is. And then you say things that you didn't even know were there, that you didn't even know you were feeling, but you'll say this thing while you're in fight or flight. 
and then afterwards it ends up being a blessing in disguise and it ends up opening up something or perhaps causing a breakup that needed to happen a long time ago and so when we have the courage to let let ourselves be taken by our words then things come up that surprise us that that guide us that we can't control and that's the uncomfortable part but that end up being blessings oh my gosh i'm just smiling over here because i just had an experience of this and it's so true and i think that to a degree we need we need to have some formula to create safety with another and then once we know that secure gate is there and that there's kindness respect mutuality that that's there then there is a value to not having to filter ourselves like there's a value to allowing that stream to flow and through that active external processing that takes place we do we uncover things that we didn't know were there and sometimes we're not even actively in so much fight or flight we're just like we're a little passionate about something or something really matters to us and um so i actually really resonate with that and i think that's can be the power yes of yes 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 and that that security that initial security that that will allow our stream of consciousness to happen or our flow state to happen is permission, 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 permission with a capital P. So with anything in life, either with clients, business partners, romantic relationships, mom, dad, brother, sister, as long as you say in the beginning of a conversation, may I tell you what I think? May I share what's coming up for me? May I, whatever it is, fill in the blank. May I tell you, may I give you my opinion? May I tell you what? I learned this the hard way because when I did transformational trainings and I started waking up to everyone's behavioral patterns, everyone's, you know, habits, everyone's insecurities, I was just going around telling everyone their truth and I lost a lot of friends. My family did not like me very much, but I was so happy about being able to give people this information until, and I was very young, but until my mentor was like, no, 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 you need to ask for permission. Once they say yes, and sometimes they say no. And when they say no, I 100% respect that. But most of the time, people say yes and then it's their responsibility to receive it however they receive it and to respond however they will respond but permission is key so may i say what i'm thinking may i give you my opinion may i say what's coming up for me yes okay well this and this and that. like it is huge It's so true. And it actually encourages self-accountability because if you ask someone and they say yes, then like you said, they're responsible, you know, for, and we're responsible, I think, for delivering it in a kind way um, and taking responsibility for our parts in it. Absolutely. And asking for consent. Because then if they say no, then they can also reflect, okay, no, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I'm not open to that right now. It gives them agency. It gives them choice. I think the Absolutely. choice is a key and, part. 
you know i want to i want to kind of push back a little bit on like saying it in a kind way yes we we speak nonviolent communication like i'm not going to say may may i give you my opinion and then when they say yes i'm not going to say you're a fucking asshole you know i i'm not going to do that even right. if i think that i'm it, it would be a lot better for me to say and it doesn't necessarily need to be kind because sometimes there's people that we need to be really intense with or else they won't get it or we or we need to say it in such a way that that comes that that brings out the fire that we're feeling inside and that is okay okay i i want you to bring out the fire i want you to bring all of it out but instead of saying you're a fucking asshole after you asked for permission then you say how i'm feeling right now my experience right now is that your words are hurting me you see how that is about me and not them that's the difference and like i don't feel good when i'm around you that's okay and even if i say it in an intense way that is okay we don't always need to be kind i want to like break that pattern of like a spiritual bypass all of a sudden people are like say instead of like speaking their truth they're trying to mask it with all these transformational words like no speak your truth non-violently it doesn't need to be kind but mm -hmm. always with permission mm -hmm. and i guess for me like kindness seems like a synonymous with non-violence and like as you unpack it a hundred percent like we can be firm and very clear and, yeah, as long as I'm not pointing the it. finger to you and saying, you make me feel like this when I'm around, like, you make me angry. No, I feel angry when I'm around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to take response. Mm -hmm. As long as we take accountability for our experiences, we can absolutely. Yes, 100%. And so then we can trust our intuition to lead. Once there's that permission once we know that mm -hmm. i think there's a fear that if we let our mouth just run we'll just go around insulting everyone but but yet if that's our truth then we're afraid of of being alone we're afraid and and we're you know valuing being liked and approval more than our truth and that's when we're out of integrity with ourselves right Right. And that's when illness can really set in because then we just isolate and internalize because we're, because if we were to speak our truth, it yes. would essentially just be full of judgments. <laughs> so that's an opportunity to learn and grow and then start for to sure. And to, as well. to continue to answer your question that you asked me earlier, which is like, what, what's against us speaking our truth? Everything is right. Like a government does not want a freely expressed society and so there is so much going against us speaking yeah. our truth and that's what we need to kind of battle with all the time and stay committed to because we we were born with this expression like there are so many species out there that cannot express they express in different ways but don't have a voice and so it, it is crucial that we, 
understand that, like you said, it's an instrument and understand that our words are medicine. Even the ones, the words we judge, even the words we've felt shame around, they're still medicine. And, and that it's our responsibility to spread the medicine everywhere. Uh, it's, it's crucial that we continue to work on freeing our voice as a society, as a species, because we have autonomy, we have intuition, we have a, a wisdom inside our body and our mind that computers do not have. And that is that is our that's the only thing that makes us better than everything that we see the future is bringing our way you know like that's what we need to continue to do in order for this world to become better i believe that as soon as we're all speaking our truth and really speaking from our passion and our purpose and our soul then a lot of the problems in the world would be solved Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we would be staying current with each other. That's something that's such a strong value of mine and in my relationships is this idea of staying current, like what's arising now so that we're not stacking all these experiences over time, that it's kind of like, well, where do you start when you start speaking up, you know, because naturally there's just so much that's built over time. And so I also want to encourage our listeners that, yes, regulate your nervous system and also know that when you start speaking up and you start sharing things that are vulnerable, it might be nerve wracking. Like you might feel scared. You might feel a little off kilter when you start doing that because you're not used to it. It's a, it's a new muscle you have to build. And there's so many fears involved of rejection or abandonment, all these deeper wounds essentially that we carry around that prevent us from speaking in the first place. Absolutely. Um, And it sounds like like such a horrible, not horrible thing to say, but not a proper thing to say, but I don't care. Uh, Don't be afraid of that fear that comes up, you know, like, don't be afraid of the fear. It's your friend. And how do we start making friends with our fear of speaking up? We when we feel it, we just let it know, like you said in the beginning, hey, I feel you. I know you're here, fear, and I welcome you. And let's roll together. And let's do this together. Mm-hmm. And let's like mm-hmm. allow things, things might get messy. You know, I think I can speak for myself as like a sensitive and an empath and someone who, like you noted earlier, you know, I, I do put kindness first so much of the time. Um, I've had to unwind my own pattern of wanting to just do things perfectly, you know, and, and what that has looked like is trying to anticipate mm. other people's needs that I can't really control. So knowing that it might not be this perfect package at first, you know, and, and to actually, I encourage, you know, people I work with too, to sometimes start with the small things to speak up around, like start building that muscle around things that maybe don't have as much of an emotional charge or as much importance to you just to kind of help yourself acclimate to the process. Yes. Of, okay, I can do this and I don't have to do it perf- perfectly. I don't have to do it right and be hold myself to such really unrealistic high standards or expectations in order to be received or to be loved or to belong because that ends up putting so we put so much pressure on ourselves um, 
and that's I, I love that know, though. So starting small, like yes, it's it's big because starting small is big. Uh, yes, starting small is important because <laughs> don't try to start with your super uncomfortable conversations. Like start with the little ones, right? Like if you see a friend wearing something that you don't like, maybe tell them like, oh. You know, I I love it better when you wear the other pink dress, you know, like, it may be uncomfortable, but but it's not as huge as like you telling your partner your deepest soul secret, right? Like, start with the little things. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, it creates safety in the body, I think, to know that like, okay, I can do this and I'm not going to die. Like, a lot of, you know, like our ego thinks we're literally going (laughs) to... Totally, die totally. If we do these types of things. Um, oh my goodness. Where did the time go? So much like conceptually on the agenda. To... I know it's amazing. Um, I think, yeah, like you've really laid out some really good groundwork for what people can start to do. I love that formula you laid out and just the importance of how like it really resides in the body and going within and going towards the body and into the heart is the pathway to wholeness and the voice is a pathway to wholeness and it's actually medicinal and it's a way to keep ourselves well. Um, I love that correlation, you know, between the immune system. It's like, it's our responsibility to stay well and actually by expressing ourselves and our needs, it's, it's a way to be healthy. You know, it's a direct translation and it's so simple, but I think it's, it just relays the importance the importance yes. of hearing our voice. Yes, 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 um, yes. And if anyone has yeah, any questions, that. please DM me. I will answer. I'm here for your voice. <laughs> yes, you uh, are. You're, you're amazing. amazing. <laughs> Can you believe we've uh, never we've met? In, we've never happen. met in person. That is not possible. I'm like, how is this possible? It'll be amazing. Yeah, it'll be so good. <gasps> Um, thank you so much for everything that you take a stand for. Thank you for your rebellious teenager. Thank you for your, you know, your, the parts that were lost and confused, the parts that knew you had to find another way, the part of you that never forgot that there was something deeper and bigger here for you to step into, to continue guiding you uh, in your vision and, uh, your purpose. And thank you for taking a stand for all of us, because that's what I really see you doing is you are in so many people's corner with so much conviction and so much love and so much commitment. It's just like in your bones. And that's such a gift for yourself, for you to know yourself this way in in this lifetime, but also it's a gift just Mm -hmm. for humanity. Um, And it's so needed right now. And so thank you for being like a North Star for for so many of us, it's, um, it's really important. And, you know, it, it deserves reverence. And Oh, darling, thank you so much for saying all that I receive it, I receive it, I receive it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, how can we find you? How can we stay connected to you? What do you have? Oh, yes. I'm super excited because the in person Um, two day trainings are back and I'm so excited because these trainings are so powerful so free your voice in person two-day intensive in New York October 22nd and 23rd Los Angeles October 7th and 8th which is like around the corner 
And uh, I have a free your voice four week program in English and Spanish, which is the one that you did, Whitney. And uh, you can find me at Coach Carmina on Instagram and free your voice on Instagram as well. Uh, but go to Coach Carmina and you'll see the links there for everything else for the website for to sign up for the trainings, etc. Your life will not be the same after these trainings. I guarantee it. And I am so excited to meet you all. And do you have a Spanish speaking podcast as well? I do. Thank you for the reminder. It's new. So thank you. Yeah. It's called El Poder del Decir. And it's on Spotify and all the other platforms. El Poder okay. del Decir, which means the power of saying but it doesn't flow. The title doesn't flow very well in English, but it does in Spanish. El poder del decir. Latin languages are so much more eloquent and beautiful. <laughs> um, and I would love to close by asking you, what does legacy mean to you? Oh, legacy for me means leaving an imprint on this planet so once I'm gone long gone that the waves are still going like when you throw a rock in a river you see the ripples and that's what legacy is for me it's ripples of of the work that I have here and that's why there's so much urgency passion and commitment to my work because I know I don't have that much time here but I am I do want those ripples to continue forever and I want people to know how to coach what I'm coaching to be able to train people to facilitate. I already have a couple of people, but that's what it is for me. The ripples that go beyond me. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. This was so You're fun. Let's You're five a... more. <laughs> Let's yeah, I know. I was like, more. this is just part one. We need to talk about global citizenship and cultural stewardship and heart-centered leadership. Uh, so so um, to be continued, if I have the honor, and thank you so much for taking the time to connect with me and share your wisdom with all those who listen to this episode. Thank you all. Thank you for this space that you hold and for your beautiful velvety voice. I love it. <laughs> till next oh, yes. time. All right. Till next time. So if any of this resonates with you and you just know that there's more for you to step into, more safety and trust in yourself and your body, more expression in your voice, that you're ready to step into your heart-centered leadership and to truly feel fulfillment, beauty, and joy, and not only how you show up in the world, but how you show up for yourself and in your relationships, or if you find yourself in a life transition, I would love to connect with you. You can find me through my website, WhitneyKeer.com. You can sign up there for a free 30-minute connection call, or you can...